Hi, I'm Ben Byes. And I'm Carly Byes. We've been married for 12 years and together for 15 and have two boys. This is our story of a controlling church and spiritual abuse and how it shook our relationship and clouded our view of God. Our desire is that our honest view of pain and trauma in relationships can provide hope and the courage to hold on when life does not turn out as planned. While also providing a dash of humor and loving banter. We are still working to find wholeness and we welcome you on... Welcome, everybody. We are officially back from hibernation. That was Ben's line. I stole it. Sorry. Um, I didn't say it because I didn't think it was a good line, so oh, that's I think fine. It's you can steal it. Yeah, we're back from hibernation. Um, <laughs> really, it's been a couple weeks, and, I, and we apologize. Um, ben did have spring break uh, last week. Last week? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, yeah. Um, we got to enjoy some family time, just the four of us in Palm Springs. I mean, who doesn't love a little dry heat in the pool all day? Am I right? Yep. <laughs> Kids in the pool from 8 a.m. till 5 at night. So, so true. The second they were great. out of bed, they were ready for the pool. Yeah. Um, which is fine. That's what vacation's cool, for, right? Um, but that was that was a fun time. We got to spend couple days together just the four of us and um i mean let's just be honest it was not relaxing at all (laughs) (laughs) vacation with children is just no longer relaxing but what i have found is that when i change the expectation to being relaxing and enjoyable um to you know what like if I make it up in my mind that, you know, this isn't going to be super relaxing, we may, we may not get great sleep, but you know, we're making memories and we're having fun with our kids and we get to show them new experiences. It's amazing how much more enjoyable your time is. Yeah. Changes you know? things a lot. Yeah. And that's been really huge for me in motherhood. Um, one of my biggest lessons I feel like is changing the expectation so that I'm, I don't let myself down by an unrealistic, unrealistic expectation. So... You're welcome for that <laughs> wealth of knowledge free. on this um, Mother's Day week. <laughs> free advice. Free, free advice. Um, Next one will cost you 50 cents. <laughs> so it was a fun time, though. It was wonderful weather, hot. That's my type of vacation, laying by a pool yeah. all day. Maybe a margarita in hand. Um, yeah, just the best. So it was, it was a lot of fun, but we are back and we're thinking that this is probably our final episode. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's an outcry of insane, <laughs> insane anger of it. Unless there's or a, someone has a, yeah, someone has an idea for a new one then. Um, well, I think just we've, we feel like we're coming to a close in our story and we may have future episodes in terms of, um, I don't know, just maybe like recaps on things we're learning or additional pieces maybe that come to mind, but we also don't want to like really drag this out and bore you guys. So we feel like at this point, it's a good ending to our story and where we are at today and kind of what has gotten us to where we are today, which is what we'll talk about this episode. Um, and then just kind of give it some time and kind of see where it goes from there, I guess. But, um, yeah. Yep. So, kind of a lot of pressure to, like, make this a good one. (laughs) There I go again. Unrealistic expectations that we're not going to meet. Carly's got a perfectionist bar right now that no one's going to meet, so. (laughs) 
Just um, enjoy it. Enjoy <gasps> the sloppiness of life. So. <laughs> um, so we kind of ended last episode on what it, basically what it took to get us to the point where we really felt like, okay, we're ready for like some significant changes in our life and we're ready to recognize those and um, want to make those changes and, and whatever that looks like, whatever that takes. So what do you think was kind of the catalyst for that? I know we <clears throat> talked a little bit about having a second kid kind of threw us yeah. for, I would say maybe like a freaking huge loop. <laughs> And yeah, all those people that say, hey, once you have one, the second kid's like, no big deal. Screw you. <laughs> Seriously, screw you. Second kid's way worse. And I'm sure they well, say that about the third. So, no, no, yeah, no. I'm sure I we'll have say, a third. So, worse, worse is a terrible It's just word harder. To use. Yeah, it's just harder. It goes from zone to, to man on man, and it just, that's hard. Okay, whatever that means. Anyways, it means you have two on one, and then yes, it's two I on two. I, I understand. You said whatever it means. So. Yeah, I, I just, you know. <laughs> But yeah, it's not that it was worse. It just was, it just is for us. It was, And I think for a lot of people, it was the same way. And then a lot of people, it wasn't as difficult. Um, I think given just where we were in our life, it was, we were, it was a tough summer in terms of um, feeling ready for some change. And, you know, two kids. I think that, I think honestly, I really believe it was like Tate, coming along who was our second born really i think is what pushed us into making this the decisions to i guess just kind of get back on track with our life and i really do believe that i'm thankful i'm thankful that he came along when he did because um yeah i think i i was in such a place of i don't want to say like despair but like that first football season that he was born and he was, I think maybe like five months at that point. Yeah. Um, so not like terribly difficult. Like that's almost like where it gets a little easier, you know? Yeah. Um, like you're sleeping a little bit more and he was like an easy baby. Like, so both of yeah. our kids have been really easy babies, but you have, I to- think it's my anxiety that has like added to the difficulty of our life and, and, I think having kids just kind of like exacerbates every single issue that you have in your marriage and every issue you have in yourself. And, um, it kind of just brings up every single flaw that you have. So what were you going to say? I was going to say, and we had him and then during the process of Carly being pregnant, there was the doctors found a tumor in my parotid gland, which is in my salivary gland. And um, I had surgery to remove the tumor, which was about the size of a ping pong ball in my neck. Um, was it a week after he was? He was two weeks old when you <laughs> had the week. surgery. And it, it was one of those, not emergency surgeries, but they thought it wasn't cancerous, but it was going to keep growing. And, and the doctor had like months and months of a wait list. And they called me on a Sunday and said, or on a Monday and said, we have an opening on Thursday. And it was. One of those things where we knew I had to have surgery before football season. Yeah. Like the time. Because I couldn't it was, have it yeah. during football season. So I got to jump on it now. And me being um, 
invincible like I always feel. I thought, oh, just take this thing well, out. Well, well, let's I'll, back up. We'll take this wait, thing wait, wait, out and then we'll just like. If you had to have it during football season, you could have done it and it would have been okay. But in your minds, it was still the mindset of like, I can't miss anything. I can't do this or whatever. And, but if it were like a serious situation, you would have had to have done it. But that was like, yeah, I guess a, part of a, my frustration a, a was like. tumor close to your brainstem is kind of serious. But that was, I remember that being part of my frustration. You being like, well, come football season, it's like, you know, all bets are off. Like if my health's in jeopardy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm coaching, can't miss a game or I can't miss a week of practice or whatever, you know. Um, so all that to say is I think it was God's grace yeah. that you got a like last minute call that there was a cancellation yeah, and you cancellation went into surgery. And, yeah, I didn't later. even have like a pre op. It was like just go yeah. into surgery, do it beforehand and I uh it wasn't I didn't ever tell Carly that it was it ever weighed on my mind, but you know, there was there was a chance the surgery was right by my facial nerve that I wouldn't be able to move a part of my face. Um, a really big chance because they exposed the nerve and there was a chance that it could have been cancer and um, I was very extremely upbeat around Carly but in the back of my head I was like holy cow this is, this is what was well, an extremely in my, serious in my, own, in my own again in my own thought life I just thought well if it's cancer I'll just like kick his ass and just keep going like what's the <laughs> just deal? Like classic Ben. Oh, it's cancer. Oh, please, yeah, it's not gonna just touch radiate me. that. Thing. Give, Let's give go. me a break. <laughs> Other people may die from it, but not me. <laughs> Stubborn man. <laughs> like you actually had control over it or something. Yeah. But I do remember. In some ways, I'm so thankful that God, I think, protected me being, like, obviously. Like a week postpartum, your mom was in town, which yeah, was amazing huge. from from Colorado. Um, when you got the call, so she was going to be here for the surgery, which we had no idea what that was was actually going to entail. <laughs> like here again, like Ben's like, I'm well, like, it yeah, was put me under. It was cut an outpatient. Out. It was an outpatient experience, so we knew like he was going to be going into Kaiser. I'd go pick him up as soon as like the anesthesia wore off you know, a couple hours later. And it was a, but it was a five hour surgery. Five to six hour surgery. It was like six to seven hours. It was so it was, it was a serious situation. Um, I'm just really thankful that I just didn't have the mind space to really think too much about (laughs) it and be too stressed. Like honestly with a newborn. Um, but I really, I know that was God's protection because I, I don't, I mean, how do you even handle that? You know, like it, and we were fairly confident that it was benign and there was, you know, the doctors were very, confident you know that too but of course there's just that worry and being postpartum like hormones are (laughs) just like no freaking joke so um yes you went in for your surgery and (laughs) the next the next i'm not laughing but (laughs) i'm not laughing but i'm not kidding you he i don't know either but i get a call from the doctor to like say okay you can go you can come and pick him up because he obviously can't drive. Um, I dropped, obviously I dropped you off that morning. Um, so I pick him up that night and I bring Tate with me. Who's, you know, not even two weeks old because, and my mother-in-law stays home with Truman at home. And I just felt better about taking Tate with me versus leaving him home. Like in case like 
he needed to eat or I don't know, whatever. That just felt safer to me. Um, I had no idea what I was going to be walking into when I went to go pick up Ben. Like they just told me he's in recovery. Um, he's awake now. Like, you know, that's basically it. So I go in with like with Tate in the stroller. I have him completely like covered, isolated, incubated, like (laughs) going into recovery. See, this is how crazy. I thought my mom picked me up. I don't even know. I didn't even know you picked, did you pick me up? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I've never, you didn't tell, you never told me that. (laughs) I didn't know till now you picked me up. (laughs) Okay, so I go, I go into recovery and they take me to him and I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I see him and I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, it's, we almost, we're going to have to post a picture of what he looked like. First of all, he had like the big like solar um, foil blanket over him that like runners have on them <laughs> to keep them warm after they race. And his head was completely ace bandaged and wrapped <laughs> um, with like gauze and it was extremely severe. Um, and he was very out of it. I was not expecting it, was not prepared for that. <laughs> He was extremely out of it, and I was not prepared to see how um, just kind of, like, tore up you were. (laughs) And so, like, his head's all wrapped, his neck's all wrapped, okay, like, in gauze and in an ace bandage. And I'm like, wow, hey, how are you feeling? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, who are you? And, like, I remember taking pictures, and, like, we took a picture together because I'm like, this is just too good not to document. <laughs> and you were completely numb on the whole side yeah, of your face. Entire, like, you couldn't my, see your... My lip wouldn't work. My Yeah, which my, they told you, like, that was yeah. going to be the case for a while. I couldn't, I couldn't feel my ear all the way down. I still can't feel my ear. Can't feel my ear lobe, really, as I touch now. But, yeah, like, they told you, like, probably, like, four to six to eight weeks, you're going to be numb, have a crooked smile... And hopefully your nerves will regenerate after that. But yeah. if they don't, like, that's the risk, yeah. basically, that they may not come back. Anyway, so it was very um, frightening. I took him home. And, like, I think most people know you that, like, you're extremely resilient. You're extremely stubborn. You're extremely, like, annoying when it comes to, like, <laughs> self-care in terms of, like, really taking care of yourself and taking it easy. So your surgery was on a Thursday. And I remember you thinking like, oh yeah, I'm planning to go to work on Friday. And I'm like, (laughs) are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) Like you looked like, you looked like hell. (laughs) But remember the doctor saying like, okay, he's going to have to, he's going to have to sleep sitting up for two weeks. And I'm like, excuse me. So you had to sleep sitting up for two weeks because of the cut. So they cut you from the top of your, from the back of the top of your earlobe, the top of your ear, all the way down to... almost my Adam's apple. Yeah, yeah. where your Adam's apple is. Um, And also weren't expecting that big of an incision. We was like, don't worry, I'll put it right where like the the fold of your neck is. No one will ever see it. (laughs) Trust me, you can still see it. so (laughs) optimistic. But... He was wonderful, and he's, like, one of the best in all of yeah. Southern California. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of like, holy cow, we did not anticipate this recovery. <laughs> so, okay, just, I want everybody to feel sorry for me for a couple minutes because... Please do. <laughs> ben gets home. Obviously, feel sorry for him, too. 
Um, he is like incapable. Useless. Do not help. <laughs> cannot help with the kid. Can't help He's with the newborn at all. Useless. <laughs> I laughing. don't even sleep in the same room with was, the, <laughs> the newborn and my wife. I'm sleeping on the couch, sitting up because because of the pillows. It was more upright for you. I'm laughing, but honestly, in my heart, I was like, "F you." <laughs> I'm like, you would freaking get a tumor and take this from me right now. This is so typical. People care about you right now, and they should be caring about me. So typical. You're trying to steal my thunder. I just had a baby, and you go and have a freaking tumor. So typical. It's honestly how I felt some days. Um, But... I'm not kidding you, you guys. I had to, I had to freaking care for three children in my home. <laughs> I am so thankful Ben's mom was here because, like, she basically took care of Truman, and I had to like take care of the newborn and my like completely debilitated husband. Um, and it was, I mean, I think we both really anticipated you being able to bounce back yeah. and that was kind of the expectation and that's everything you've always been able just to bounce back. But, um, it was a was really rough, rough recovery. <clears throat> um, and I mean, you were home for a solid. I, well, I had to go back to work on Monday cause I had a class. Oh, right. You were and teaching. And I was proctoring yeah. something. I didn't have to teach. I was proctoring. Yeah. So I just, it, it like was, it wasn't an uncomfortable like talk even and yeah, stuff like that. Just, it was, everything was miserable. Yeah. 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 It was miserable. So I was up feeding, changing diapers all by myself, <laughs> like a single mother. S- honestly. Hey guys, like, if you ever want to get out did, of helping with a newborn, just have surgery. Oh my gosh. Right. You're such a <laughs> jerk. That's when to cut off your toe or something. I was do a shout out to all the single parents, but you just <laughs> went ahead and did it even worse. Um, but yeah, recovery was like a good full two. I mean, you you weren't able to go to practice or do any sort of running. How long was it before you were able to like actually do any well, sort of I'd, physical activity? I, I'd gone to practice the next week. But yeah, After I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't okay. allowed to sweat. Yeah, or like any sort of physical for, activity. Yeah, a while. It was a while. It yeah. was several weeks. Yeah, which of course was like the worst thing for him, and he was like a total grouch because Such of it. Such a grouch. And like you know, so like his life was so difficult. As <laughs> I'm still <laughs> very much postpartum. As <laughs> Carly's still sitting on a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh really? Did you push out a baby? Do you think that you think your surgery was hard? <laughs> <laughs> you want to compare stitches? Uh, oh, <laughs> um, anyway, so that that <laughs> threw us into a loop. That was a total tangent. But yeah, sorry, that, that was that threw us into a loop um, and was a big part of like, wow, like we just. It was hard. It just, it, yeah, yeah, I think it just was a difficult piece to newborn life and adjusted to a family of four obviously and um yeah that was it was april right that 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 happened or i guess yeah. march because yeah he was born out of march born. yeah so um, yeah. right before easter i remember um thankfully the feeling in his face came back his smile was no longer crooked um but he was he was I just concerned kept, I'll for be a while honest, that I he just, was going to be jack pearson yeah i just kept watching this is us i'm like that's gonna be me <laughs> that guy which honestly i was like okay as long as you act like Jack Pearson, <laughs> no one cares if you're I'm smart. Like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Rocky Balboa or Jack Pearson, one of the two. So I just I came. But I didn't came, one of them actually have the same situation as you? 
Who was it that actually had? Well, like, both the of them of, had. No, neither of them had the surgery, but both of them had that nerve. It was this exact the same, same thing. The same nerve, yeah. the tumor on the nerve. Okay. Well, it wasn't a tumor. It was oh, just that nerve. Yeah. That nerve that went out. Yeah. Okay, got it. And that's where your tumor was on that yep. nerve. Okay. So I thought, well, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Adrian. This is us. This is me. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> oh my gosh. Which in the end is like, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. But I think when you're in the middle of it, you're like, I'm not <laughs> able to smile. I can't feel my face. <laughs> you know, it's not that. Well, and I remember you panicking. Like the doctor said, like, okay, Ben, give it at least a month, month to six weeks. <laughs> I'm like, it's been a week. I and can't like, feel this. Two weeks, my Ben's body like, recovers. Ben's like, I'm never going to be able to smile normal again. I'm so ugly. <laughs> I look so stupid. <laughs> I don't know anyway. if I said ugly. I just think it like, just well, looked weird. Yeah. You were very concerned about it. And I remember thinking like, okay, honestly, this is not the biggest concern we have going on <laughs> right now. <laughs> like you are safe. Your tumor is benign. And, you know, like, let's just try to get through these nights right now <laughs> as you're sitting up, having to sleep sitting up, which gosh, how uncomfortable is that? Yeah. Um, and anyways, so... That was, I guess, that that summer into fall, and it was that next um, beginning of the year that we had decided to do the Daniel Fast. The beginning of the next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I think um, bef- even before that, going into football season is always hard. Yeah. Because then we have five-month-old, and after that whole tangent, that's where we were. So, you know, sorry if you didn't want to hear about <laughs> The tumor in a product gland. Um, we uh, we came into it and and it was already hard because we had had those situations and then we're working together and well in camp like camp is you know three week three weeks of you being gone seven days a week um, till. 10 o'clock most nights and like I just want to like reiterate how much I love football and how much I love you being a coach but camp is just tough camp is hard yeah um it's hard it's hard on you you know as like a parent and a dad um it's it's a little yeah it's a little easier for me because I I think my personality it just allows me to just lock into something. Yeah. So I almost well, don't you're want there days in off. The excitement. You know? I almost don't want days off because I'm like it doesn't allow. It makes me think of my real life. Well, and <laughs> remember how much how much harder when you would have like half of a Sunday off. Yeah. How going much back, harder like, it was oh, going back. Cow. Remember how much harder that was for us. You would have you know a couple hours off in the morning on Sundays during camp. Um, you know after the first week and. That felt so much harder, you having that morning off and then having to leave. It was almost like, I'd rather just have the whole day yeah. gone. Like, just be gone the whole day because... Carly's got her own routine without me. Yeah, I've it got almost felt like without... a tease. Yeah. And it was just really... It just... It threw off the routine. And, and the threw, kids, threw it was hard loop. for them. Yes, yeah. yeah it, it kind of... It threw them into a... Um, yeah, it was just... It was kind of chaos. But, yeah. So, so camp was is basically like 16-hour days for you for a couple weeks. And, and this is, I mean, this is like football everywhere. This is not just yeah. where you work. Like this is just the norm, you know? So I'm not saying like, I'm not speaking against it in any way, but just kind of painting the picture for like the reality of what, 
you know, I have been doing as a wife for the past nine years, as well as a parent now for the past five years. Um, and it's just difficult. It's difficult, but at the same time, like we love to find our ways of being involved, you know, as a wife and, and with the kids. Um, but yeah, camp is always like, it's, it's a lead up to, okay. You know, it's, and it's really, once we kind of get past the first week, then I feel like, okay, I can do this. Like I'm in my routine, but it's always difficult getting back into that routine of, okay, I'm doing everything on my own. Um, but then once you're in the rhythm, like you, you get used to it. And I have to remember that every single year, like, okay, it's going to be okay. I just have to get into the rhythm. And then, you know, we're usually good, but that was a particularly harder year with just having two for the first time. And, um, yeah. What else were you going to say about that? No. And, and then just, we just <clears> went <throat> into the year and, um, already having some of those feelings of, man, we're, we're worn dry or we have two kids and like that's some battle scar or anything. But, you know, for us, it, it made it more realistic to say, you know, if we're not, rowing the boat in the same direction, Mm -hmm. you know, completely in the same direction. And with some understanding of each other, it makes it very alone feeling. And, and more, I think for Carly than me, but I think we went through, we're going through most of the season and just, we started opening up to each other a little more saying, I think like, there's just, there's gotta be more in this marriage. There's gotta be more in this family life. There's just we're desperate for something else. We ended last week talking about that, but we, we started becoming more and more desperate saying there's, you know, as, as married couple, as, as a family that, that loves the Lord, like there's more to this than what we're experiencing mm-hmm. right now. Well, and I think like backing up a little bit too, I think it's important to, to talk about how, like why, like in addition just to that, your time away from your family and stuff, like why, it felt so difficult. Like we, we each year we got better, but not great at like really learning how to support each other during these like more difficult times. You know, when these times comes up, when these times come up, um, you know, being away and stuff like that, like you, you couples have to kind of adapt on to how to support each other. And, um, you know, that looks different, like for Ben when he's gone a lot and it looks different for me as the wife and stuff, but, um, we weren't good at that at the beginning. We really weren't good at that. So learning how to do that along the way, um, but still not being really great at it. Um, it made, it made those times almost even harder because we were continuing to learn how to, just, I guess, how to support each other through it and not be, um, like upset with each other that like me not be upset with Ben, that he was gone all the time and, and Ben not be upset because he didn't feel like I supported everything he was doing. And, um, but that, that like added so much more tension to the years, um, you know, leading up to kind of these last couple years of, um, just what stress can do in a relationship. Like stress just kind of would overtake us during football season. And like, that was just difficult for us to know how to navigate and for Ben to know how to separate, um, you know, separate himself from his stress to like be present with his family, something that's been really hard for him to learn how to do and still like really learning how to do that. So I think that that just was so much more, 
um, like prevalent this that that year with Tate um, that was like okay, like we cannot do this again in terms of how this last year felt. Um, we we need to just get better somehow. Yeah, and and the season was was good. I just think it just a- continued to amplify those feelings. Yeah. So yeah, as we were nearing the end of the season, we we both kind of looked at each other and were like, look, whatever whatever this is gonna take, like we need to we needed to take legitimate steps forward, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, whatever it means, instead of just grabbing a a devotional that we're gonna do together mm-hmm. at night. Like there needs to be larger outward steps and that's but don't you think it was hard to like actually come to that decision not to that decision but like the way you're saying it makes it sound like it was so easy to have that conversation it was hard to have that conversation because it was admitting that okay i'm not doing things right you're not doing things right or we're not doing things the best way that we can um it takes effort to like make the right choices and so it, it in some ways, I remember it feeling like exhausting to be like, okay, like we have to put more effort into this. We got to figure something else out. I wish we didn't have to because I'm so tired and exhausted. <laughs> but do you remember like feeling that or that it just was, it just, it wasn't as easy as like, okay, like what are we going to do different this next year? You know? Yeah. No, I, it, that's definitely true because it's, it's hard to put effort forward for something. When you're worn out. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would agree. And it's hard admitting the fact that maybe there's more to life than what you've been living. Yeah. You know, there's maybe there's more to your marriage than what you've experiencing. And it's just admitting that that's nobody's fault. I mean, partially it's both our faults, but it's not pointing the finger at anyone. It's just saying there's got to be, there's mm-hmm. got to be more. There's got to be a mm-hmm. little bit something more. And I think we came to the point of just being desperate and saying there has to be. Yeah. You know, there, this just... What has to happen to to continue to revamp mm-hmm. and change and revitalize and renew our and lives? There was a lot of I I remember feeling a lot of like, um, like hopelessness in that too. Like it almost had felt like, gosh, we've done. I feel like I've prayed for so long, or I've we've done, you know, devotionals, or we've, you know. I don't know, like, it felt like we had almost tapped out all of our resources to an extent, and it felt really kind of hopeless, like, there's got to be more, but I just, at the same time, like, I don't know how to get that. I remember feeling, like, a little bit hopeless in that sense. Yeah. So I think the only thing we knew how to do at that point is we had reached out to the the pastor and his wife at our church. Mm -hmm. and. But that was a really big step. That was a really big step because that was something that we were not, um, we had kind of, like, turned away from doing since leaving our old church because it kind of felt like I'm not going to rely on anybody anymore or you had really kind of lost how to ask for guidance in your life. And that was a really big thing that I feel like you've are beginning to regain Mm -hmm. in your life is asking for guidance and help in areas of your life. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was kind of like, okay, I think this, I think the next step is like to maybe like seek guidance. <laughs> we haven't really done that up until that point necessarily. I think we'd sought guidance before, but not with an open heart, just saying whatever, yeah. whatever comes, yeah. let it come. Like, yeah, yeah. 
whatever needs to happen, let's let's make it happen. Yeah. We're we're all in with Yeah, we were like the all process. in at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, whatever it was gonna take. So we we met with them individually and then personally um in November of that year. So right as football was was coming to an end and mm-hmm. um they had recommended to us that we go to counseling together and mm-hmm. we're like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, great. Whatever it takes, we're gonna do it. So we started doing that in November and it was a big that was a big part of our healing and growth. Um having someone outside the situation be able to speak into it and help you realize things that you don't see yourself. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. one of the biggest things for us moving forward and understanding each other is um realizing the space that um or the the uh, amount that trauma affects your mm-hmm. personal interaction with each other. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things we've learned is that mm-hmm. a lot of times when we're interacting with each other, it's not out of the current situation, but out of what we like felt the in the past. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's helped us so much have grace for each other. Yeah. That, okay, Carly, you're mad right now. You're upset, which maybe in this certain situation, there's no reason for you to be upset. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be grownups and get over it. Mm-hmm. That's how I would have thought in the past. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying, oh, I see how this connects to a way that you were treated in the past mm-hmm. by what we went through. Oh, I get that. I can have more grace mm-hmm. to understand that. And it, it's that. helped us like actually work through those things. Yeah. Be like, okay, this it's is... It's not a personal <clears throat> attack anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, which was our biggest way of, I guess, just dealing with things with like was defense. Like defending ourselves in any sort of conversation. We were so defensive yeah. in everything. And then it becomes a one-upsmanship mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. I try to make her feel bad. She tries to make me feel bad. Who yeah. can make the person feel the worst instead of right. being on the same team and saying, okay, I understand. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's really talk through this. And, oh, I, I get how this action that I took made you feel like um, I treated you for five years mm-hmm. and, or my tone of voice and having some grace with that. And that's been a huge, huge help for us to – to help categorize the fact that sometimes the way we relate to each other is based upon past experience and not yeah. based upon the current moment, yeah. which seems simple, right? I yeah, mean, so simple. <laughs> oh, yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> oh, really? Relationally. You're feeling, you're feeling the connection between <laughs> this and 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, weird. <laughs> but that that's helped us so much yeah. to live through the current moment because, again, there's that mentality sometimes when you leave a situation that you say, oh, it's done, it's over. Yeah, that's fine, right. it's over, it's done. There's no scars. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas legitimately the, the thing is that no matter what trauma is, trauma leaves a scar. Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, being in war and seeing people killed or um, seeing a friend shot next to you or going through uh, emotional abuse, whatever it is, there's trauma and there's scars in your life mm-hmm. that, that leave indelible marks. In the way that you interact with each other. Yeah. Um, and that was such a big thing for us moving forward as we started to realize that. And um, and it's it's relationally that's so huge because that was our relationship. But that could be in any relationship you're in where mm-hmm. maybe the way you're treating somebody is, is making them feel a certain way like their father made them feel mm-hmm. or like their mother made them feel. And unless we come to a point of being able to work through those things ourselves... <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to stop treating people that way or yeah. or acting that way. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's but yeah, that's been a huge part of our 
um, like just being in counseling and what we've learned is how the trauma relates to our present actions. Yeah. And then how to just relate to one another. And, yeah. Um, you know, I know we just seem like the ideal couple, so you're welcome. But <laughs> it's oh, <laughs> shit. oh, my gosh. So embarrassing. <laughs> so if anyone would like to have dinner and hear the secrets of the trade oh of marriage, gosh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. We've got our struggles, obviously. You've heard them. <laughs> um, but that's when that's when we started. Um, after that football season, we were so desperate and said, we'll do anything. And then having outside influences speaking into our life and And that was like a year people. and a half ago. November. Yeah, a year yeah. and a half ago. Yeah. Not this past November. Yep, yeah. a year and a half ago. So from that point, we've just been working and moving and stepping forward mm-hmm. and um by that by the time that spring came along mm-hmm. um i think the healing in our own lives and in our, in our marriage began to to see maybe potentially um some other changes vocationally and um that's when we decided to do the dano fest right yeah that was well that was in february it was february of the next year yeah so just a couple months after um going to counseling and yeah, we decided to do the Daniel fast, um, which is, um, basically eating vegetables, like no dairy, no meat, uh, no. Yeah. It's just like basically vegetables, vegetables. (laughs) but it's like legumes. Um, you can have corn, so you could have like corn tortillas and, um, it wasn't like, you don't starve on it. It's like definitely not. Um, but you do, you definitely make like conscious effort of certain things because you can't have like vinegar because it's like fermented and that was, you know, considered not part of it. So, you know, salad dressings were like out and that sort of thing. But, um, but we did it together because we really wanted to, we were, yeah, again, just like really desperate for some direction in our life. Like what we were very used to, um, well, I guess I should just, I I guess I was used to Ben just putting his head down and doing the same thing. Like Ben, you could, Ben could be in the same job every single day for like the rest of his life. Even if he hated it, he wouldn't leave. Like, I think that's obvious. (laughs) He, he just is very loyal in that sense. And so I was used to not, um, questioning, like, what are our dreams? Like, what are our, um, like, what do we want to do? And like, you know, those sorts of conversations never really happened because you were just much more so, uh, just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was just kind of hard for you to dream coming, going from a job that, you were so involved in that you got zero dollars from to a job that you were so involved in that, but you were now getting paid for. But, um, I think you just kind of like lost your dreams along the way, but you were also doing what you loved. to Yeah. Do. And, and you yeah, loved, I think that was part of it too, yeah. was I, I felt like my dreams were coming true. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Being able to coach yeah. college football. Is but like we've the, never like really, I think there's, there's some couples that are like such dreamers and, and, <laughs> you know, they aspire to all these things. And, um, you know, that wasn't just us so much because we didn't really have the capability of doing that. But, um, 
it was not like us to ever have a conversation of like, okay, are you feeling good about your job? Like, do you feel like, like this is the place you should be? You know, it was, it was still kind of like, yeah, this is where we see ourselves, but not too much conversation about it. But we were, you know, we were happy with where we were, um, again, because it was such a lifesaver to us. And, um, but we did the fast because we just needed some more answers of like, just, we need, we just were desperate, I think, for just more change in our life. And we didn't get the, um, <laughs> the immediate results. Yeah. No, we got gas. <laughs> the Dano Fest sucks. Honestly, all you vegetarians, I don't want to be around you. Okay? Just eat something besides vegetables. It hurts your stomach. No, my gosh. We were, yeah, like we had stomach aches for at least two weeks of it. My body needs meat. My body needs meat. Here we go. Mr. Protein in every meal. Um, No, I think it was a good, it showed you that you didn't need it and you were able to like have lentils and that sort of thing. And be miserable. Well, I think it just was a lot of, yes, like very <laughs> gas-inducing <laughs> inducing, um, foods. So, yes, we did not feel fantastic on it, but I think that's part of a fast, too, you know? Um, but, yeah, we also didn't get, like, immediate spiritual, like, revelations, which I was really hoping to because we were, it was a pretty serious commitment to commit to it together, just given our like busy lifestyles and um, we hadn't done something like that severe together as far as like a fast. So I remember being feeling a little disappointed that there wasn't any like immediate like word from the Lord afterwards. Um, But where did that like take us? I don't, I don't think we realized until a few months ago that it's, it started to, open our eyes to maybe something different mm-hmm. vocationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in a different area, same vocation, but just yeah. in a different area and something we'd never considered or thought through. And yeah, that's when we started having those conversations. Um, so yeah, I think that that started that mm-hmm. process yeah. for us. And yeah, again, like, like Ben said, it took a long time. It, I mean, it was, it was longer than just a couple months ago we realized that, but it was probably like, I think six months later that we were like, okay, I think like that fast is like what the Lord like allowed to like really trigger us into seeing, like kind of opening our eyes to potentially like us leaving where Ben was currently coaching and seeing if there's something else out there. Like you desired to be a head coach that was like, yeah that desire became a desire of yours. Like it wasn't always in yeah. you or you didn't throw, you didn't think it was in you, but it became like a desire of yours. And I think that fast really was kind of like the start of really opening those doors to us really seeing like, okay, because it, I mean, as much as where we were was so different than our old church. I mean, obviously, um, like there still was a lot of similarities in the sense that Ben is very loyal and I probably would have been ready for like the next thing a lot sooner than he ever would have been. Um, 
I think that's like kind of the funny thing in our relationship sometimes. It's almost like I'm I'm ready for like what God has next for us like way before he is <laughs> and I kind of have to be the one to push him along in some ways to um kind of see that. Be- I, why do you think that is? Like is it do you think it's like fear on your part or I don't know. I think it's partially why you get married. We have someone to help you out and I think part well, of it yeah. is yeah, I, I, I have a, a weird way of just being content. Not maybe not content, or just finding somehow like the good in the certain situation that I'm in, and then just thinking, well, I found I found this one good, so it must be perfect. Mm-hmm. This must be it, and then just being able to work, like just like you said, put my head down and work. I've mm-hmm. just always been able to do that, you know. When I was when I was playing football, working out, and everything else, it's just it's just what comes naturally to me so it's it's easier for me that takes less mental capacity for me to do than think about something different I guess yeah but that next so that was in February that we did that fast that that football season it it was very different like you were like we had well I guess be back up before that so that spring after February was the first time we really had the conversation of like, I remember you saying, like, maybe there potentially is another job out there besides what I'm currently doing. And I remember being, what? <laughs> like, wow. Like, I couldn't believe you had arrived to that place. And not that I was, like, waiting for you to get there like I was waiting for you to leave our old church. <laughs> but um, it felt exciting that you felt that maybe that was, like, it was time to maybe, like, move on and find something that was going to be best for you in terms of your skills and being a head coach. And, um, but it was also, like, really scary because it was something we had never really talked about before until that spring of it being something that you would want to do and um, what did that look like and leaving something so familiar and that's been an amazing place for us and um, a lifesaver and all of those things. But <clears throat> I remember having that conversation that were like really kind of going through that process while going to counseling was so like critical. I remember just in the sense of we were able to process things like with someone else <laughs> in terms of like, okay, this is what we're thinking and what we're feeling. And, um, cause it was kind of scary at the same time, but that football season felt like really different for you. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I agree. You, there's nothing else you want to say about <laughs> no, that? No, I, I completely Like you agree. were like way more unsettled. Like it was, like yeah. it really was time. I think it, I think it was almost like, I don't want to say it was like when we were leaving the church because it completely no, a different no. situation, yeah. but it, it was, yeah, like I was, I was uncomfortable for the first time. Yeah. Which is how God deals with me personally. Yeah. yeah. When it's time for me to, to change, he makes something uncomfortable mm-hmm. because it's easy for me to find comfort in things. So, yeah, that's so true. Um, yeah, that's what it did. But that's that spring before football season is when Carly had mentioned me particularly, maybe maybe we should do a podcast about our story. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that part. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was not about it at first. Yeah, you were like... A podcast. Like, not why? That is. Come on. Yeah, like, no one's here to story. This is ridiculous. And I don't even know how it came about. <clears throat> I think I was listening to somebody that I that I knew ha- who was doing a podcast and I felt like oh, this could be like really fun in terms of 
we have a good story to tell and we've gone through a lot. Like maybe it would be fun to just, you know, try. And yeah, I did. It just started as like an idea and something that was like that I had brought up and you were like, I don't know about that. But then of (laughs) course, Ben immediately next day, like does his own research and is like, well, like the best. No, because I was in the spring and then. Well, eventually. um, Eventually I thought, you know what? We we were we were having, I wouldn't say a good time, but through our conversations, we were being able to rehash and relive the past in a, in a totally different light without being angry and bitter about it, but starting to work through it and being able to see some of the humor in it, even mm-hmm. though you know it is. It was, <laughs> but I th- I don't think we could have done it any sooner. Right, than we did. We so really couldn't have. After she mentioned that to me, then then. Um, for our anniversary, I got her a, a microphone yeah, and said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll do that with you. Let's do it. And I think it kind of surprised her because she's like, you went from like zero to 60. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, this would be fun. Here's a really nice microphone and headphones. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. Okay, we're like really doing this. <laughs> yeah, and we recorded our first episode when we were in Temecula away. Your mom came and watched the kids for a, couple, a few nights. We went to Temecula um, in July, last July. <clears throat> and we recorded our first episode and it was so fun. And I think we really didn't have any expectation for what it would be. I think we just wanted, I think we really just wanted to do it for us in some ways, but also to share our story and give, I don't kind of like what we say in our intro, like to give people some hope that have gone through like maybe some difficult things that really feel hopeless in their life and in their marriage, you know? Um, and I think through telling our story, it's really allowed us to, it's been very therapeutic for us. Yeah, it's been very therapeutic. It's, it's been fun to rehash the story together. I think we're able to, to live the story together for the first time. Yeah. Instead of separately. Mm -hmm. Like I had my story and she had her story Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden we get to understand a little bit more what we were thinking in the story instead of. Um, clashing with each other, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think we were, I, and I think we've said this before, but we were able to be what each other needed in that time that, we, that we've never been able to be before. So going back to the beginning, like Ben was able to be a support to me um, going through those like really tough moments back then that he couldn't be at that time, but like can be now. So, and vice versa. So that felt really, felt like such a gift to be able to do this and the sense of just, yeah, I don't think that was our, I don't think I initially thought that that would happen or, or that that would be something we gained from it, but I'm really thankful that that has been the case. So what, in us doing this podcast... I think you answered this, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions to see if there's anything more. Oh, okay. Um, Very caught off guard. <laughs> I'm the questioner. <laughs> um, and you've mentioned this, but why did you want to do the podcast? What have been your feelings since we started it? Um, yeah, those two. Why? Why did why, wanna... did why did you want to start it? And then. What have been your feelings since we started it and maybe some new things that have come up? Um, I think like the reason for wanting to start it was it 
it kind of felt like we were sitting on this like really big, interesting and completely crazy story that even if nobody listened or even just a small handful of people listened or just our family listened, um, I think I, I think I wanted it to, I, I wanted it to be able to like reach people or touch people that maybe have had a similar situation. Cause I think through the years we've just found how similar our situation is with what other people have gone through. And in the beginning, I definitely felt so alone that what we had gone through was we were the only ones and no one could understand or compare or relate. So I think wanting to give people that had maybe gone through something similar, um, just the feeling of like, you're not alone, like this, like, yeah, you're not alone basically. Um, but at the same time also wanting it to do something within our relationship. Um, and I think it, it gave us something to do together. You know, yeah. like we don't have a lot of, we don't have, our lives are really busy. So this was something that we were able to pour in together that was really fun. That was like outside of our own children and, mm-hmm. um, was kind of became like a hobby. And, um, I think like as people were interested, it became more fun to do. And, um, yeah, but I, I think it was, I, I don't want to say that I know that there's so many probably things we don't even know yet um, as to why God brought us through what we we went through. Um, But I also don't want to just sit on what we've gone through when, when there's a possibility that, 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 that could help somebody or, um, that sharing what we've gone through can bring more help to us in some way, or I don't know. I think I just, just wanted to, I think initially it was just like, it would be fun to do and tell our story and, um, maybe bring some more healing to us. Um, because we were in a place where we were kind of like really, really receiving more healing with counseling. So I think that those were like my initial thoughts was, were just wanting to, make maybe make other people feel like they weren't alone had gone through something similar to like bring some hope um and and then at the same time um kind of like exercise a like a something within us that was fun and enjoyable any hesitations or fears before we started or since we've started um i think like initial fears were like the obvious ones, just like, really? Like, wow. <laughs> I think just thinking that... <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that a little more. Well, there, I mean, does that really need an explanation? <laughs> I mean, like, what you like you decided to do, like, to go through... Like, you, you decided to go to that church and you... Oh, kind of, I see. Like, that yeah. sort of thing. Like, wow. Like, uh, you... Like... I feel like I'm a, yeah, like I wasn't like an outcast kid in junior high and high school. Like I had a lot of friends. I was fairly popular and (laughs) very popular. Not fairly. She's very popular. Okay. No, I mean, I, I was, I was at a small Christian school, so Mm -hmm. everyone's popular. 
The most you know? popular ever. Um, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I we had a great group of friends, and I was good at sports. Good and family. Good family. Yeah. So, like, it didn't make sense for me to fall into something like this. So I think that was kind of maybe the hesitation of, like, how does that happen to somebody who is, like, fairly normal? Um, you know, like, you hear of these things happening to people that, like, are disturbed or, like, are so searching for... Um, they're so obviously searching for something more. Um, and maybe that is true to an extent in both of us. I mean, I think it is true to an extent, but, um, I think that was kind of a hesitation, maybe people looking at me differently. But I think at that point, at, at the same time, I just didn't really care. It was like, well, whatever, like this has happened and I'd rather people know and maybe learn from it or, um, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, yeah. I think the only like initial hesitations was like this, this could be a little embarrassing, <laughs> <laughs> but let's be honest, way more embarrassing for you than it was for me. I'm just kidding. I'm only saying no, that because true. that's it's something you true. say all the time yeah. as it's like, you're so embarrassed. Completely true. It. But way more embarrassing for me. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have as many hesitations. I feel like as you had. Yeah. Okay, those are my only questions. Oh, okay. Well, what about what were those things for you? Like, what did you, what did you desire from it? Or I don't know if I desired anything. I think for me, it just sounded fun to be able to tell our story mm-hmm. and spend time together and do it. Mm-hmm. I, I personally, I don't. I didn't think beyond that. Yeah. I just thought this could be fun because we've. I think in a group setting, we've told our story together a couple of times and people look at us like, what in the world? Yeah. And I thought this could, this could be kind of fun. I like telling stories. Um, I thought it would be fun to do together and could be an interesting story. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think for me, that was completely why it started. Um, I wish it was more altruistic and (laughs) was hoping to help people or whatever, but I just thought, you know, we're, we're going through so many things together. Let's do this together too. And when I think maybe I felt like this could potentially help some people because I was just more vocal in, in, I mean, I did, it's not like I talked about it with a lot of people, but you know, most of my friends, my close friends knew about it more so than like your close friends and coworkers. Yeah. So, and maybe that's just a, well, it is a personality thing, but, but maybe that's why I felt like maybe this could, this could potentially help some people or, um, I think just once we realized that like pain is so universal, um, that you don't have to go through like a church abuse to like experience pain and that affect your relationship. Yeah. So I think, just that piece right there, pain being so universal, like anybody can learn from someone else's experiences um, related to pain in a, mm-hmm. in, in a relationship, regardless of if, if you've gone through something similar to them or not, like it's just so universal. So um, I think I like kind of had that mindset in the sense of this could potentially touch anybody who has gone through something that feels like hopeless to any extent. And hopefully it has. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I know it yeah, has for would... some people, but I hope I hope that you know even more as time goes by that it can bring that hope to people. Yeah, and I think as we started, we at least my desires we continue to go along, and sometimes we have the discussion: is are we still showing the redemption of God and everything, and to mm-hmm. show that not that everything's perfect because no one it's not going to be perfect. You know, I wish it could be. 
but it'll be perfect when we get to heaven and we'll understand everything. But Mm -hmm. just the fact that somehow in some way God held us together and held our own personal lives together and, and somehow had his hand on us even when I, I think I personally made some decisions for the family that weren't necessarily what he would would have wanted, but he still guided us and, and loved us and somehow has kept us together where the odds were stacked against us in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a lot, been a lot of people. There's, there's a lot of people the odds are stacked against you, mm-hmm. stacked against your marriage, you know? How many people out there are married and um, maybe you had a kid before you were married and the odds are stacked against you? But but the fact is that, that God had his hand upon it. And mm-hmm. um, so I think as things as time went on, I thought a little bit about that. Um, what was the other question? Fears or something? Yeah, what was yeah. your fear going into it? Because you had well, way more of those than I did. Way more. Yeah, I mean, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anything else to say, but it's embarrassing. <laughs> I I legitimately like sometimes just worry this this is actually going to get me just ostracized from life and I'll never get a job again because <laughs> people will listen to this and be like why would I ever want someone like that to work for me <laughs> is it a legitimate fear I don't know if it's a legitimate but it's it's a fear completely in my why? heart you'll like, never leave the company why <laughs> why would they not hire you <laughs> you're like, as loyal as they come. <laughs> Really, Good, that we guy? Could, oh my gosh, this guy. This is who we want. We get to take advantage of him to like the end, <laughs> and he will still be Seriously, with us. Seriously, so I don't... Anyway, <laughs> that's true. Sadly. It all just depends on how you look at it. That's sadly true. I would guess... I would say that's when... By the time we actually started releasing it, I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> this makes me look like a total POS. <laughs> so... I think I tell Carly this a lot. Oh, this story's so did you good say for P-O-S? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. A piece of S H I T. It's hilarious. Um the car the story's way better for Carly because she's like the strong, resilient, <laughs> just amazing victim. woman victim that just somehow made it through. And it's like for me, it's like, no, I'm I'm the guy that did it, so cool. <laughs> So yeah, that's really hard. That's that's extremely hard. So you're welcome for my vulnerability. Do you still feel that each week? Yeah, for sure. There's okay. a there's a part of me that feels that way. Like I don't I don't want anybody to know that this this was my life and these are the decisions I made and I let someone treat me like this. Yeah, yeah that's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing as a man who's strong and yeah resilient and tough and would never back down from a fight. I allowed this to happen to my family. Yeah. So yeah, that's really hard. Yeah, makes sense. And and, and embarrassing and so. <laughs> yep. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you, couple guys out there who've told me you appreciate me. <laughs> you guys are awesome. <laughs> Thanks, two of you. <laughs> <laughs> the two of the people one I know of, that have well, actually listened to this. One of them being from our old church. <laughs> But I think just to kind of land the plane, um, <laughs> <laughs> so to speak, I think just reiterating what we had kind of talked about several episodes before, just in terms of um, what we've gone through and where was God in it and why did he allow it and stuff. And, and just, 
you know, I don't think that it was God's initial desire for us to go through this in our marriage. Um, but I think that like just reiterating that he was there with us through the whole thing. Um, and while it wasn't his desire for me to feel the sadness that I felt and for Ben to feel the, um, despair that he felt, um, he was with us, he was there and he saw us and he saw us through that and his heart broke for us. Um, and I think just focusing on that has really helped me heal. Um, not just heal, but really, I guess just my image of God has been able to, I guess it's, it's, it's easy to think like the easy, I guess, Christianese is like, God, all things happen for a reason. And like, God works all situations to good. And we've talked about this before and how I hate that verse and in context to this sort of thing. And, um, I think it'd be, it can be really easy to be mad at God for allowing things to happen. But I think what has, in order to keep myself from being angry at the Lord is to remember that like he saw us through all of these things and he, his heart broke when our hearts broke and he was sad when we were sad. Um, but he was there with us and he didn't, he didn't, like he didn't love what was hating, what was happening. And and could he have changed it? Of course. But, um, you know, that's, that's where free will comes in. And, um, I just, I think I just felt like I needed to reiterate the fact that yes, he does use situations to better us and to, um, bring upon a future that maybe we can't imagine. Um, but during those times, you know, he, he was there, he saw us, he was with us through those hard times and it wasn't a, you know, just a, God's going to use this to, you know, better things or, um, you know, because that, that's just not, not always comforting. It's not always encouraging to people, (laughs) but I think, you know, just instead of having that mindset, it's having the mindset of just that God, God sees you through your pain. Um, it's okay to feel the pain, but he sees you through it and he's there with you in that. So I just wanted to, I guess, just reiterate that again. Yeah, that's good. I appreciate that. I think that's true. For, for me, one of the big, I feel like a year ago when we started doing this and through counseling and, and everything else is that there was a, there's a verse in Nehemiah that really stuck out to me that talked about everything that God, <laughs> sorry, Carly's laughing because I have a tattoo on my ribs. I just, slapped, Nehemiah I just verse. slapped my ribs like, <laughs> like Keldrogo style. <laughs> um, that's not the verse I was talking about, but. Um, oh, wasn't it? No. <laughs> there's sorry. a different verse that talks about um, that there is there's people living in the lands that God has marked out for us because of the sin, and I know sometimes that's um, it can be taken very harshly, like you have sin in your life, so you don't have God's best. But for me, it's been really clarifying for this this next phase of our life, where saying, "Am I allowing the sin that other people have imposed on my life?" or the sin of bitterness, or the sin of anger, to stop me from living in all that God 
has handed to me or handed to my family. And um, that's, that's been a big encouragement to me that, that God has so much more and He's planned so much more for our lives. And He has these amazing and incredible things lined up for us. But um, are we allowing the hurt of the past or the trauma of the past or the issues of the past or our current sin to um, stop us from living in, in that beautiful future that he has. So that's been a, uh, an encouragement to me as in the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> No, it was. That was really just beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess that kind of sums up this episode and um, on to Final Four. Final Four. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to our final, final four. In case, I mean, not in case, unless we decide to have some sort of encore episode in the future or have some enlightening moments that we just are desperate to share. If you clamor for it, we'll do it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, So final four this week are the four biggest things we've learned in marriage. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, along those lines. Yeah, the... I don't know if it'll just be four, but it, the, some marriage tips. Yeah, that we've that we've learned, that we've experienced, that have been great for us. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. That's this about is it. this is what the whole podcast is about. So if you just listen to this few <laughs> minutes, then you got it all. <sighs> right. Um, all right. Go ahead, Ben. Okay. First thing would be, and we've mentioned this before, but it's very important to us is be on the same team. So. That means that our hurts, our joys, our pains, um, we experience together. And as we move forward, it's together. It's Mm -hmm. not me wanting something and she wanting something else. Now, there is compromise in everything, but um, we've learned, obviously, through some of the bad experiences that we both have to have a say in what we're going forward to do. Mm -hmm. and and a lot of that has to do with just not competing with each other's right. feelings or each other's hurt and well it's been harder for me and it's um it hurts more for me mm-hmm. and one up upping each other mm-hmm. when it comes to how we feel or our pain cuz that's basically like being on your own team yes by acting that way or feeling that way and and we've i know i've experienced that a lot and still sometimes do it's a, it's a like Sometimes you have to really make that conscious effort to be a team player. Um, and that was something that was not taught to us, obviously, right out of the gates of marriage. And is really hard on this end to incorporate that into our normal lives, where maybe it's, it's a more natural thing for um, a couple that hasn't gone through some serious trauma. But just a, so, yeah, such an important piece of I feel like that's like always the marital advice I give to like newlyweds <laughs> when they're at like at a at a bridal shower and they're like write your best <laughs> advice for the new soon to be bride that's always mine 
Yeah. You're on the same team. Yep. So fight for that versus against each other. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with just expressing maybe some of the areas you feel like you're not on the same team. Mm -hmm. And just discussion with that. Mm -hmm. That that's okay. That's okay. We're not always going to make decisions that we both agree with completely right away. But part of being on a team and in a marriage is that you discuss it, you work through it, and you learn what's going to be best for you as a family. Yeah. Great one. Yes. Uh, Second one I'll let you um, expand upon. Um, Okay. So the second one is uh, what I've learned is that in the different seasons that you go through in your marriage, um, you may need different things from your spouse than you needed in a previous season. And I didn't really know what that looked like until we had our second child. Um, and I realized like everything that Ben was doing was like not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't helping me in ways that it had in the past. And it kind of like, it just, it made me realize, okay, like there's different things that I need in this season from him that I, that I haven't needed before, um, and look different than they ever have. And the importance of being able to vocalize that to your spouse. Um, I'm thankful I was able to like realize that instead of just being like mad and annoyed at him for the next (laughs) years. Um, but, um, when, when I realized, wow, like I need different things from him than I ever have before. It like made so much more sense to me and it was able to like calm the parts of me that felt anxious or angry or, um, you know, like I, like just wasn't being responded to or whatever it was, but, and then being able to share that with him, you know, and in turn makes him feel like he's also being more productive, um, and more helpful as a spouse. So it's just, everybody wins. Um, it's hard. It can be hard to like adjust to that, like new norm in a sense. Cause if you're used to doing something one way for a long time and that's always worked and then you've got to switch it up, it's, you know, it can take some time to adjust to that. But, um, I think knowing that there's different seasons in marriage that you need different things from each other. Um, and I think there's seasons too, where, like one spouse will need to give to the other, um, maybe more, you know, than vice versa, depending on, you know, what, what's going on, you know, with them. So, um, but that was a huge one for us, like kind of realizing that there's different things that like I, I needed Ben, I needed his support in different ways than I ever had before. And vocalizing that was like a game changer to be able to kind of give him, like the map to helping <laughs> let me help you help me <laughs> basically that was a huge no it's a huge piece for us i think throughout our entire marriage and especially in the past few years if we've learned to communicate better is that um there's this myth out there i guess that you're supposed to know your spouse so much that you'll be able to just anticipate what they need before they ever need it which some of that is true i, mm-hmm. I would hope that's part of it but Some of it is no matter how long you've been with someone, if things change, maybe you need something different and it's okay to tell them directly what you need. Yeah. And for me, especially, that's been huge is that (laughs) Carly's like, well, I just need more support. I'm like, okay, tell me exactly what you like. It's it's not going to seem 
I want you to be happy. I, yeah. I want you to feel supported. So just tell me exactly what you need. And I will do, I'm great at following directions. <laughs> so just give me the map. Give me the directions. Tell me exactly what to do and I'll do it. And that's been really helpful because, for instance, getting out of the house with two kids is very stressful to her. Mm-hmm. So part of what we've learned is I just need to say, okay, what do you want me to do? direct me and I'll do it. Instead of her just expecting, well, you should know that this needs to go in the car. And Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe I need to learn that. But at the same time, it just, it takes the pressure off to say, just tell me what to do, Carly. (laughs) And then I do it. You're the boss. Tell me what to do. Yeah. And then we we both feel better about it. Yeah. No. And that's been something that's been so difficult for me (laughs) to learn to do because... She thinks I should be a mind reader. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of how I feel cared for is people anticipating what I need because I think that's something that I'm naturally good at. So I feel cared for in return that way when someone can anticipate my needs and it, you know, it makes you feel known. It makes you feel cared for all of these things. And so, but, and I think that that's okay to like need that or want that sometimes. And, and a spouse can be that and they can learn to be that, but at the same time, it can't always be that way. And I think that in the past, and still sometimes it's hard for, I, I put a lot of expectation on Ben to know what to do exactly to make the morning go smooth or the, the day go smooth when <laughs> we have a plan or something like that. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that like I, <laughs> in my mind, and in reality, like, I know I can just do everything better. So I'd rather just like, take the reins and do it. But then I'm mad that I don't have the help. Like, he doesn't take, give me the help that I, like, want as well, even though I can do it better. <laughs> it's a very sick cycle. Yes. Twisted. <laughs> but, Twisted um, human. But back to just to what he was saying, it, that it, it has been so helpful for me to, like, let go of the fact that he doesn't know exactly what it is that I want or need from him in this moment. And I just need to tell him and like direct him like, Hey, it's helpful for me. If I get up and work out early that you make the bed and get the kids breakfast and you've done it like for weeks and it's been so helpful. And it was as simple as me just being specific and asking him to do those things. Yeah. And, and vice versa, the, you know, the ways that are helpful for you. Yeah. Or an example would be, we're leaving out of the house. I think this happened months and months ago, maybe years ago. I don't know. And I'm doing the dishes. And I'm cleaning up the dishes because I feel like I'm trying to be helpful to her. And we're like going, getting ready to go to yeah, the beach. But, yeah. But for her, it's... It'd be way more helpful that I do do the dishes later and instead get the sand toys ready and put them in the <laughs> like, car. Okay, but in my I, mind, I I'm like, in my your... mind, I'm like, well, you wanted me to do the dishes, <laughs> so I don't know what oh in the gosh. H you want. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to leave to go to the beach, and I am like, like just frantic because I'm having to load the entire car with the. Wagon. But I'm doing something that I think and, is helpful. But he's doing something he thinks is helpful, which is not helpful at all in the moment. Because, and that's something that was help that we learned that are that in counseling that kind of helped us work through the fact that okay, what I need in the moment is like a what is it? It's a it's 
it's something that's tangible that can be helpful for that's going to help us meet our goal of what we're doing. Yeah. So the goal is to like get out of the house to go to the beach. So you helping do the dishes was not helping us get to that goal to go to the beach. <laughs> but that was so that was really helpful to like figure that out. So yeah. then I knew how to ask you to help me better and you know how to help right. me better. Because in my mind I was thinking if I do the dishes now, when we get home from the beach, the house is clean sure. and we feel and better about the house. Sense. And it makes sense, but it just wasn't helping her at that point. So I think it's getting over your own pride, just saying, well, what do you, what do you really need? Yeah. What, and then, what's helpful for us and then, to like get to the goal of getting to the beach. Yeah. And then feeling like it's okay to tell people what you need and it doesn't mean you have a bad marriage. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that that person doesn't understand. Or they don't it's know just, you or... It's just sometimes you need something specific and it's okay to, yeah. to say what specifically you need. And then when, if there's still time left over before we leave to go to the beach, then feel free to do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that, that's been a helpful tool for us, especially. Yeah. Um, next one, and we won't even elaborate on this because it's self-explanatory. Just keep God in the center of your life. It's, it's been that if it wasn't for God, we would have been done a long time ago with each other. Yeah. And I think it's the commitment to him and the commitment that I feel like we understood the commitment of marriage and Mm -hmm. that's kept us together. And we were both seeking the Lord together, which is a huge part of what keeps people together. Yeah. And figure out what that looks like for your family. So we don't do it perfectly and sometimes we don't do it at all together, but you know, it's just learning how to, how to share with each other and keep that being important. Um, Another one is uh, just have grace. That's been a big deal for us because, especially if you've gone through some hard situations together, the easy thing is to try to, almost goes along with the first thing we said, is to one-up each other Mm -hmm. and make the other person feel bad about the situation so that they can hurt, so you can feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, we've just... It's been a it's been a big deal for us to learn to to give each other grace mm-hmm. and to focus on the positive and to know that when I'm away when we're away from each other, you want to think more positively than negatively. Mm-hmm. So you give each other the benefit of the doubt, and that's part of grace. Is that she might have said this or I might have said that, but the bottom line is we know our hearts, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spin the story the way I want to spin it in my mind. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And still be able to talk through what I said and how that made you feel yeah. or, or whatever. And then me not feel like I have to get defensive about right. it too. Yeah. That's yeah, one of a, our hardest things that we've worked <laughs> through. But, we're but very, we've gotten so much better at it. We're very defensive of ourselves. Yes. Well, and everyone had is. To be. Well, but we've also had to be. That was the whole first half of our marriage, yeah. you know, was us having to defend ourself to yeah. the other person to like for pure survival, you know, so those, those tactics are hard to break. They really are. And it's, it's been a huge deal for us to be yeah. able to do that yeah. and to, to just seek the good. Yeah. I guess that's as simple as this. Just seek the good. Mm-hmm. No, that that's not what we meant. <laughs> yeah. It was just where I'm misunderstanding. So take a deep breath, chill out. <laughs> um, Laughter and humor is always a big thing for us. I think if you can laugh together, it's great. Joke about things together and then having things to do together 
has always been so good for us, whether it's our yeah. date night on the porch or during the winter time when it was crazy with football for me, we would go on a run together to go see the Christmas lights mm-hmm. and And they didn't have to be things that were like that that were consistent over a long period of time. Yeah, just you for know, that like, season. Yeah, yeah. Like for certain time we were did our patio dates, you know, every Thursday night and certain time over Christmas towards the end of football, like we we would go on a run once or twice a week when it was dark with the kids to go look at Christmas lights, yep. you know, in the neighborhoods. And it was um, always something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. And then it was then it ended because we were in a new season or like there was a shift or whatever. But it was something that like little things that we would consistently do um to kind of help, I think, the monotonous part of those seasons that felt just like, okay, we're doing this again, you know. <laughs> let's let's make it, I guess, enjoyable as a family or as a couple. Um, you know, then the certain times of the year that we're able to consistently get a date night, we would do that, you know, go out. Um but yeah, that's that's a huge thing, whatever that can look like, you know, as casual or as as um intentional as you want to make it, you know. But it having those different things throughout the year has been like really good for us. And they're it just it like logs into the memory bank, which obviously yeah. I'm all about. Carly loves the memory bank. <laughs> that's the biggest bank in her life. <laughs> it is. I love making memories. Um and I think something else too that's been helpful for us, and is this our last one? Yeah. Okay. Um, is the only thing we know, these are the only things we know about marriage. Yeah, this is this is it. <laughs> Everything else we're just yeah. No. Um this is what we call chalk talks. Yeah, chalk talks. Chalk talks. Uh Ben says that's a football term. Um <laughs> No, this is something that our counselor also encouraged us to do, which has been really helpful, is however often you want to make them, either once a month, I think for a time we were doing them once a month, or... Um, we are doing them once a week for a while, and then we went to once a month, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and this is a unemotional, like, family meeting, with just the two of us, obviously not the boys, but it's, yeah, it's an unemotional... Yeah, because they're overly emotional. <laughs> It's an unemotional, like, meeting to basically go through the calendar. I got, like, a calendar that has, um, you know, days of the week and months of the year on it where I can write down the things we have going on um, throughout the week for that month. And sometimes we've gone a couple months ahead and written everything down. Um, For me, it's really good to have things in writing so Mm -hmm. I can... Also, expectations, I think we all know about me at this point that... (laughs) I need to know what to expect. Um, and it, that's been really good for us just to, for it to be like an unemotional family yeah, meeting. That's it's, what it's been awesome. It's been called. Yeah, yeah. Just to write stuff down. Okay. Here, like I'm going to be late this night because of a, you know, a family's coming to campus or, um, you know, this Saturday I'm, I have a camp or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I'm doing someone's hair this night. So that way there's not any, I feel like there's enough surprises in our life just with being parents and, um, you know, things come up in our job if we can nail down what we can. And and I can expect to know that, okay, Ben's going to be gone these weekends. He's going to be late these nights. Um, I can better plan just 
our weeks or our days yeah. or whatever, um, as a parent and as a spouse. So, um, that's been really, that's been helpful for us just to have that stuff written down. Um, and, it, and obviously Ben, it's going to have more things on the calendar than I do. Um, just, it's kind of just the nature of his job, but it also allows him to see like the things that I have going on and, um, and, and what, you know, the, it kind of it allows us to be able to see okay here's a night that I can go out with my girlfriends or have dinner with a friend um and it it just kind of allows us to see each other like equally in those those times for for planning ahead yeah so i highly recommend doing that if if you have the opportunity or the the job that kind of allows for those types of things um because it, it does just really cut out a lot of, it's cut out a lot of stress for us um, because the scheduling piece of our life can be a little bit more of a stressful conversation just because we're just so freaking busy. It's so annoying. Mm-hmm. But, um, but that, that piece has been helpful. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add my two cents. I think it's been very good for me because it does stress me out. Like in, in my... Normal state, I would just wait till the last second to be like, this night I'm going to be late Mm -hmm. because I know Carly's going to be upset about it. But when we plan it out, she's not upset about it because it's planned. Because you wait to tell me the night before. Exactly, but it's like you. I think in my mind, I don't want to tell her. I've been. But when we plan it out, then it's like, (laughs) oh, even if it's three nights in a week, sometimes those are just the seasons. That's just what happens. Well, and I'm used to that. Yeah, yeah, and it's not and it's not a a big deal at all. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's helped us a lot in those conversations to say if I was going to be gone three nights in a week or. In my, in my past job, when I'd be recruiting for three nights in a week, um, my tendency would be like, well, that's just the job. But <laughs> it helped us a lot. Everybody does that. Everybody has to do this. Yeah. It's helped us a lot for me to say, I wish I could be there with you too. And I'm sorry that I'm gone. Yeah. I'm going to miss and you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to miss you yeah. guys. I wish I could be there. And, and it, this is hard for me too. And it makes a huge difference <laughs> in the response. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, again, feeling like, well, just figure it out, it's... Which was a part of your old... Don't you think... It wasn't just like a, we'll figure it out, like your tough kind of response. It also kind of relates back to yeah. not like not giving me any sort of sympathy for the fear of me taking yeah. too much of that. Running and then it, like, yeah. yeah, running with it and then like not being able to like collect myself, which yeah. has never been the case with me. No, never. Um, but... But yeah, I think it's interesting how that like translates in so many different ways. Yeah. And when we were able to like determine, um, kind of just figure yeah. out like if this is unemotional, you know, in a month yeah, in and, advance, and, and I'm going to be gone these three nights, yeah, these four and, nights, and these five nights, whatever it is. It's like that, like, yeah, I miss you guys. Like, I'm sorry. I'm gone three nights. Like, you know, I'm going to really miss you guys. I'm sorry. Like, you know, work is busy versus yeah, it could be worse. Or it could be worse, Carly. Yeah. Like people have it worse, which in like like tell me in in what way that that is helpful. It's not helpful <laughs> in any way for anybody. Like that's not helpful for anybody. Um, so that's been a. I feel like that's been a huge that yeah. like, the response how we respond to each other has been a huge yeah. learning thing um, for us and and something that we are can obviously continuing to work on. But I feel like we've come a long way yeah i guess sure. a, a tangible example 
along with that is a couple months ago I had a situation where there was a a tournament going on at my school and I ended up being home a lot later than I thought I was going to be and instead of just being like look I have to take care of this this is my job I'm a I'm a head coach this is, you know you deal with it I said I'm so sorry. I wish I was home right now. I'm miserable. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm I'm upset too. I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm upset. I know you're upset. I, I I apologize, and I wish I could be there. It just it it happened like this, and it was way better. Yeah, it was so much like even just you getting home. I felt so much more of like a connection and like the desire to like want to be around you because I knew you were bummed too versus like what probably would have happened in the past was I was just upset with you that that you wouldn't even allow me to be upset about the fact you were home late so then I would kind of isolate myself and be irritated with you and not and and you're irritated yourself so it just yeah it was like a vicious cycle you know that we would do for years but yeah that was a very tangible example yeah yeah um that's it. Sorry, this has been really long. That is it, you guys. <laughs> this is so sad. It's the end of an era. It is. Do you know what that's from? No. Oh my gosh. You guys, he knows nothing about me. It's a friend's quote. Oh, yeah. I, I've never liked friends. I know. I cannot believe we're still married over that. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, we are so appreciative of... Everybody who's listened and contributed and had feelings or opinions or thoughts and questions about um, just what we've gone through, like, I think the support has been really awesome. We really didn't know what to expect in starting this, so um, I think we just kind of started to share our story, really, and it's, it's been so great for us to be able to do that, and I think we we've mentioned this either, I think in the first or second episode, but I think, um, something that has been for me is it's been an opportunity for Ben and I to share our story in a way that we never have been able to before, like together. Um, and it's allowed going like rehashing a lot of the terrible things that we've gone through and the terrible things that we've done to each other. Um, it's almost like, it's almost like God has allowed, us another chance to be to each other now what we couldn't have been back then um because we just weren't capable of being the thing we needed to you know for each other so I'm really thankful for that um and that that I I didn't anticipate that outcome in doing this and um but I think it's brought such a greater understanding to each other don't you think? Yeah. And just being able to share our story and we just are thankful for everybody that's listened. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks a whole wow. lot. <laughs> wow. Thanks for thanks just for load. <laughs> not thinking we're the worst ever. So, or me and Carly's a hero. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, really, dude, it's been fun. It has it, been it's fun. It's been fun. And, um, Maybe we'll see you back here every now and then when we feel um, we have another Final Four thing to discuss. Um, or I'm sure I'll come up with more pet peeves and there'll be plenty <laughs> to share of those. 
or obsessions. Yeah, just give us a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so rude. Uh, so rude. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much, and we will say goodbye for now. Thanks for joining us on Biography. Please subscribe or leave a comment. And if you have questions or want to open up a discussion, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Biography. See you next time.